I'm honored and blessed. Last year, I alluded to this briefly, but even yesterday, we had a conversation, a very pertinent conversation in Dallas with friends, mutual friends. Brother Kenneth Copeland was there, Robert Morris, James Robeson, and others. And in the midst of that conversation, the, the, in the midst of what we're going through nationally, globally, and, and having, not drinking the, the negative and sort of pessimistic, depressive Kool-Aid, but understanding that this is our greatest hour, we, we spoke about the generals in the kingdom. And there's no hyperbole here. These gentlemen can bear witness to the fact that in the midst of the conversation with some of the most influential leaders in the kingdom of God, there was a name that emerged. And we said, there was a unanimous consent of there's one person missing here today. And who is that? Without a doubt, we need the general, Dr. Bill Winston, to be in this place at this hour with this tribe. So I want you one more time to help me honor not just another beautiful man of God, but a general in the kingdom of God today, a catalytic voice, a spiritual father for many generations, Dr. Bill Winston. Come on. Amen. So, sir, we honor you. I honor you. You are a spiritual father. Te honramos, te damos un abrazo. Y te apreciamos en el nombre de Jesús. If you're asking, what did he just say? Google it. All right. So here it is. And I come because initially there was, and I even spoke to the office here regarding Pastor Sam, you usually bring props and all that when you do it. I mean, do you, what props do you, and I went out, we have, and then I actually outlined a set of props. But all of a sudden in the midst of praying and getting involved and just fasting and praying and believing God, God, what do you have me for this conference this year? There's a word yet. What is it? And then God, so God really said, no, no, I don't want you to really think what you, I want you to deliver something. And this is what you're going to, so I called the office and said, I don't need, I'm going to bring my own. So we brought it. And then the whole thing. So I come to you and I know it seems like it's just, this guy really, no. It's just, for whatever reason, God gives me a word for this conference. And, and, and there's a, like a, a word that is tangential to this conference and this gathering. And it's not, and again, it's, it's a prophetic impartation. And I, and I say that with fear and trembling because I don't want to come with like a prepackaged, uh, fabricated sort of, uh, you know, the delivery. But I, I want to hear from heaven. And God gave me a word for this conference. And it's an edgy word. It's, it's, a, it's right on the, it's, I say, bien corta la palabra. So it's very, it's like right on the edge. But it's a word. And God, so I'm going to give the word. And even, and even the, 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 the nomenclature, the scriptures, and even the, the semantical application of terms and terms terminology embedded in this word are a bit on the edgy side. So I even, I even pushed back and said, God, are you sure you are? Yes, I'm sure you are. So I, I want to deliver to you the word that God gave me to deliver to you. And I'm going to do it next. Are there any questions? So I'm going to give you the word that God gave me to give you. We're going to do it in an expedited manner. And, 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 and here's the word. And, and, it's, and it's from Daniel chapter three. It is, but, but let me read it to you. Cause it's not, it's not even the normal narrative. Oh, you hear it. And Daniel chapter 3, so, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. You all know the story, but then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Now, now hence the illustration. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. And they did not, they did not even smell of smoke. So what's the word? living a life of faith. And I want to speak to you 
on the title, and I say this with great due deference and respect and without any implied course application, but with a commitment to biblical orthodoxy, the centrality of Christ, I want to share with you what God has placed in my spirit for you today. And again, when you live a life of faith, you can make the following declaration. I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. I want you to look at your neighbor, the one you like, and tell him, I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. Tell your other neighbor, the one you tolerate, tell him, I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. Tell somebody behind you who needs to hear it, tell him, I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. Is that you? Are you in this place? A parenthetical subtitle would be when faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. When faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. And now this message has one audience prophetically situated in the narrative of Daniel chapter 3. I'm, I am compelled to issue a disclaimer due to the very fact that if you've never been through anything, if hell has never risen to shut you down and shut you up, if you've never experienced the proverbial fire, gone through a life-changing furnace, or encountered the metaphorical hell, then this message may very well not be for you. You may be driven to check the scores, your Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and if you're under 20, 35, Snapchat. But if you, like the Hebrew boys of Daniel 3, have been through the fire, or you're going through one right now, if you've been through the proverbial furnace, if hell has risen to rob you of your joy, to kill your peace, and destroy your destiny, then this word is for you. Before we go deep, I want you to, with a little exercise, a corporate exercise, begin by smiling at your neighbor. Just smile. And now ask them, why are you smiling? Look at your other neighbor, tell them, why are you smiling? Because you could argue while the hell taking place around us, why are we smiling while the warfare and hell pushback? Why are we smiling? Look at your neighbor and tell them, I am smiling because of the power of still. And now ask your neighbor, what still? Now look at him with a smile again and tell him, because God is still on the throne. Because the blood of Jesus still washes away the sins of man. Because there is still power in the name of Jesus. Because the promises of God are still yes and amen. Because he said, be still and know that I am. All right, all right. Calmate, calmate, calmate. You will come out, and this is prophetic, not pathetic, it's prophetic. You will come out smelling like heaven. Number one, numero uno. You will come out smelling like heaven when you refuse to worship the God of Babylon. A sub-parenthetical title for that point would be, don't settle for less than what God has for you. People of all races, verse four, nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the music, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. 
Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. We are a prophetic minority living in a pathetic world. This is the new chapter of spiritual and moral Babylonian captivity. We can't deny the fact that the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is alive and well. And Nebuchadnezzar wants us to worship. It's always been about bowing down. Matthew chapter 4 verse 9, Satan has an encounter with Jesus in the wilderness. And he tells him to do what? Bow down. down. It's the Hebrew word Barak. The enemy wants you to bow, to kneel, to surrender. It is a de facto war to make you bow. Hell wants you to worship the gods of Babylon. The enemy wants you to surrender. He wants you to bow, to acquiesce, to give up your destiny and your dream and your purpose, to drink the proverbial Kool-Aid. He wants you to bow. I alluded to this previously. Always remember today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Always remember we are what we tolerate and there are things that we have tolerated in this generation that we should have been rebuking. And always remember that instead of being so focused on Jesus, please come and get us. While we're focusing on Jesus coming down, Jesus is waiting for us to stand up and get up for his name's sake at this hour. It's real simple. He wanted them to settle for less. The enemy wants you to settle for less. If you can settle for that golden statue, if you can settle for less, if you can settle for this job when I have this entrepreneurship opportunity for you, if you can settle for this for survival instead of thriving, don't settle for a statue made of gold when we serve a God filled with grace. In other words, do not settle for manna in the desert when there's milk and honey waiting for you in the promised land. Don't settle for I am okay when you are more than a conqueror through Christ our Lord. Don't settle for surviving when Jesus resurrected so you would thrive. And don't settle for the first Adam when he made you according to the model of the second Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Don't settle for less. Look at your neighbor, tell him, don't settle. Tell your other neighbor, tell him, don't settle for less. And by the way, the theological notion that the enemy would attempt to offer you nothing is a misnomer. The enemy knows that if he offers you nothing, you'll strive for something. So the enemy will always offer you something less than what really God has for you. Oh, you'll get that tomorrow. Nebuchadnezzar wants us to bow. He wants us to worship the false, to sacrifice truth, to rewrite the Bible and delete whatever is politically and culturally incorrect. Nebuchadnezzar wants us to bow before our problems. We are here at this conference, like the Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3, in the name of Jesus, to decree and declare. Are we streaming right now? Are we? Good, let's get in trouble. We are here to declare and to decree in the name of Jesus that there is a generation that will not bow down before Nebuchadnezzar. I'm gonna say that one more time. There is a gener there is a generation that will not bow down before the golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar. We will not surrender truth and we will not settle for less. Look at your neighbor, we tell them we will not bow down. 
We will not surrender because we live a life of faith. We live a life of faith. A life that empowers us with the reality that we are 1 Peter 2.5. We are living stones being built into a spiritual house. A house that will not collapse. Matthew 7, 24 and 25. A house that is being built on the cornerstone which is Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.20. And I am, I am a house built by God. Not to house pain. Not to house problems. And not to house poverty. I am a house. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Built to house the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Therefore, I cannot and will not bow. Kalmate, kalmate. I'm now. In the matter of fact, let's flip this. You'll come out smelling like Kevin when you refuse to bow. But in reality, we're not going to bow. But the day is coming. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. That in the name of Jesus, the day is coming. That at the name of Jesus, many of the knees, some of the knees, only the American knees, only the knees in Chicago, the day is coming, oh glory to God, the day is coming, 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 where every knee, every knee, that means every king, every president, every leader, every Supreme Court justice, every politician, every musical artist, every sports figure, every religious figure, every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Quickly, quickly. You will come out smelling like heaven when you declare that God is able. And parenthetically speaking, sub point, you can't embrace what God has for you until you first accept what God did for you. And one of the most powerful declarations is to declare, you know, the story. And we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We are thrown into the blazing furnace of God whom we serve is able. But if not, we still won't bow. This God is able to... That, what a powerful faith-filled declaration. It's that faith. God is able. I believe God is able. And, and it's, it's the pistis versus the, the oligopistos. It's the, the faith versus the little faith. It's, it's God is able. Faith, the confidence of the hope we actually have. That the assurance that things that we cannot see will actually take place. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's the peace. And there's, there's still sort of a dichotomy taking place in Christendom between people of faith and people of little faith. Christ, the author and the finisher. Hebrews 12.2. And we've all been given that measure. We know this well in this house. Romans 12.3. And it cometh by hearing the word of God. Romans 10.17. But it, it, that little faith is what... Because you hear the... And you have the... Ch- they even have the Christ follow, and they go to church on Sunday, but they, they don't look like they're living that. They don't, it's, it doesn't like, because, the, and, be, and they say, I follow him. But, and it's like, you follow who? And gee, oh, Jesus is my, but, and then, but the life does not reflect supposedly the, 
So there's a lack of a continuum because in reality, you can't speak like heaven and look like hell. Uh, so it's, what does little faith look like? Little faith, little, let me give you examples quickly. Little faith gives God the second best, Cain's offering. Little faith looks back instead of looking forward, Lot's wife. Little faith strikes the rock instead of speaking to it, Moses. Little faith says, we can't go in instead of, we can do it, the 10 spies. Little faith falls in the water after taking the eyes off Jesus. But we are not little faith people. I said, we are not little faith people. I'll say that one more time for the hearing impaired. We are not little faith people. We have this radical, unorthodox, non-religiously unbridled faith. We have cuckoo for Cocoa Puff, Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered faith. Because when you have that faith, you give God your best offering, even if your brother hates you, Abel. When you have that kind of faith, you build what God tells you to build and construct what God tells you to construct, even when those around you think you're crazy and question your sanity. Noah, when you have that faith, you take your eyes into the altar, even if it hurts Abraham. When you have that faith, you dare prophesy, bless, and declare that your children will enter the promised land even when you are in the midst of your Egypt, Joseph. When you have faith, you cross the Red Sea even when the chariots of Pharaoh come right behind you, Moses. When you have faith, you go around the walls of Jericho until they come crashing down, Joshua. It's that faith. It's that Hebrews eleven thirty three. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. I like that part. Again, their weakness was turned to strength. I'm going to say that one more time. Their weakness was turned to strength. Their weakness was turn they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight but it, I love this because in Matthew the Greek word every single time in the gospel when we see the connection exegetically sustained that what the Hebrew boys declared in the old covenant God is able when that phraseology appears in the context of the New Testament in the journey of Christ physically on this planet what I love about that, and of course it's Luke 7 and Matthew, the centurion story, but what, Matthew chapter 8, what, what we see here is that when they declare the same thing, the same thing the Hebrew boy said, when they said it to Jesus, Jesus kind of added it on a bit. And, and G Jesus would say, ooh, really? Yeah, yeah, God, listen, we know you're able, so you don't even need to, we know that you're, really? And then Jesus would turn around and say, you know what, because of that faith, on that occasion, it was an amazing faith, right? It amazed him. He says, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. What's your issue? Well, I have somebody sick at home and, 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 but you don't, and Jesus said, what do you say? We know that you're able. I'm able. I'm able. Mm -hmm. All right. By the time you get home, by the time you read it, by the time you get home, what you've been asking for shall come to pass. I 
tell you what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you. I need you to put a smile on your face and a dance on your feet. Because by the time you get home, by the time you get home, by the time you get home, what you've been asking for shall come to pass. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. Shake your neighbor, tell him, neighbor, I have that faith. I know God is able. Therefore, by the time I get home, I said, by the time I get home, by the time I get home, where there was darkness, there will be light. Where there was lack, your hands by the time you get home the same verbiage appears in the new covenant the new testament by the time you get home everything would have turned around in your favor you're not hearing that my god i need you to start celebrating now there will be prosperity. I dare you to raise both hands and say he is able. No, no, no. You, you can't say it with illegal pistols. You got to say it with peace. Say it with faith. That's Shifting, something is shifting. By the time you 
2 Corinthians 9.8 Philippians 4.19 Oh My, my, my Yes God is able What did you say, boys? God is able! What did you tell me? God is able! Ephesians 3.20 Our God is to do Exceedingly, abundantly, that means that when you pray for your child to get saved, your child will not only get saved, your child, your cousin, your nephew, your uncle, your neighbor, his friends, exceedingly, abundantly, above. Somebody shout, God is able. God is able to keep you from falling, Jude 1 24. God is able, Greek exegete, to fulfill his promise, Romans 4 21. Oh, it requires that faith. Somebody say that faith. Now say it like you believe it. Say that faith. Tell them, tell your neighbor, tell them it's that faith. Tell them not that other faith, but that faith. That Christ-centered, word-based, spirit-empowered faith. That, oh, let's just real quick, let's real quick. I like to dot the eyes. I sense it should be because and you're going to get home and instead of thinking I'm going to go home to hell, you're going to go home to see heaven land already in that place. Matter of fact, raise your right hand, repeat after me and say, tell, tell, repeat after me and say, I have that faith. Matter of fact, you just do me a stick, you're going to just, just, just cater to me for a second. I know it becomes a little bit, just look at your neighbor, tell him, neighbor, I have that faith. Tell him I have mountain moving faith and I'm not afraid to use it. I have water walking faith and I'm not afraid to use it. I have sickness healing faith. And I'm not afraid. 
afraid to use it. I have demon binding faith and I'm not afraid to use it. I have devil rebuking faith and I'm not afraid to use it. can't embrace what God has for you until you embrace what God did for you. What he did, he gave us his son, crucified, resurrected, to give us his faith. His faith. To operate within the confines of his faith in us, through us, with us, for us. Oh. You, you can't come out smelling like heaven unless you activate that faith. We're, we're, we're gonna land, we're gonna land, we're gonna land. Are there any questions? <laughs> you will come out smelling like heaven the moment you realize that what you carry is greater than what you go through. <laughs> subtitle, subtitle. The favor of God can never be extinguished by the fires of life. And so they tied them up and threw them in the furnace, verse 21, fully dressed. Now I'm going to go Hebrew exeget here. Turbans, robes, and other garments. So they tied them up, and, but they put them in there with their garments. They threatened them. Said, we threaten you, we'll threaten you, you either do this or we're going we'll to put you in there. I shared this with Bishop Mary. I'm going to share it with you because it, just took, it took place after I left this conference last year in September. In November of last year for Thanksgiving, I went through something like this. And, I, and I, because on my Facebook, my public Facebook page, I did something so outrageously inappropriate right before Thanksgiving. I was just so, so just, it was just so, so crude. Right before Thanksgiving, I, I had the audacity of doing something so politically incorrect and culturally insensitive and, and just ideologically bigoted. On my Facebook page, I did something so wrong. I posted on my Facebook page, Jesus is the only way. How dare I? How dare I? How dare I? I kid you not, my, he bears witness and my wife bears witness, my team. I got these hate emojis. The commentaries were interesting. Your bigoted way of thinking is destroying the world. You need to die. It's your sort of ideology and your fanaticism of thinking that your God is the only God that keeps people in war. We would hope all of you Christians would disappear. One day prayer answered by baggage. <laughs> so all of this, I kid you not, it got to the point where it got like we're coming after you and your family. So my wife, in the beginning it was funny because there was emojis of little things that would blow up. 
And then my wife went, wait, aren't these like threats, threats now? And so, and the purpose, and it was like, you know, if you, if you, if you remove this and, and shut up, we, you won't suffer these consequences. But if you continue to do this, so they wanted me to bow. They wanted me to bow. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yay, yippee, yay. This is, where's the camera? Cameraman? Give me a close up on the sweaty face. Tight shot. We're live, right? So they wanted me to bow, and they still want me to bow, and they want us to bow. And, and the things they offer you if you bow, if you bow, you'll be able to access this. You'll get television programs on secular television that will be able to, you'll get, the offers you get if you bow. Where's the camera? Tight shot. Good. Just in case I stutter. There are not five ways to heaven. There are not four ways to heaven. There are not three ways to heaven. There are not two ways to heaven. There's only one way to be saved, one way to be delivered, one way to be healed, one way to have eternal life, one way to have life and life abundantly. And that way has a name. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there is no other name but the name of Jesus. greater than what I go through. Let me explain. Come here. Do you know why the Hebrew boys, Hebrew exegete, it specifically says, it's a specific, why did the Holy Spirit inspire the writer to contextualize the narrative being very specific to the vestiges of clothing upon the Hebrew boys? Why? There's a reason for that. You see, the trousers and the turban and the clothing mentioned they were not purchased at an H&M in Jerusalem. What does that mean? The clothes, the clothing, las ropas, were representative of the authority they carried in the Babylonian Empire. They already had a place of prominence. They worked for the government. They had power because even in the midst of Babylon, God's children carry favor. So what they had on, they carried because we know very well through scripture that God ordained them to have that favor. Even in the midst of the Babylonian captivity. So they had that, they, they wore that because God ordained it. It was God's perfect will that they would have a place of influence, even in the government that actually held their children captive. Hmm. They went in with the, they went, if Nebuchadnezzar, if he was, he would have stripped them from the authority, removed their authority, removed the clothing, the mantle, the cloak, the trousers, and the turban that are indicative of my signet ring and my power and my authority. 
The problem is, loco en la cabeza, no el noise. The problem is that he put them in the furnace with the authority they already carry. I'm preaching to somebody now. <laughs> and when they came out, we read it. None of this at all was touched because what you carry is greater than what you go through. What God placed upon you before the fire is on you in the fire. And when you come out of the fire, it is still on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak prophetically right now. I'm about to wrap. I want you to know that regardless of what we go through in life, what God has placed upon you will not be damaged. Pastor Sam, are you sure from Genesis to Revelation of what God has placed upon you will not be damaged? Lo que Dios ha puesto sobre ti no se puede consumir por el fuego de la vida. God's favor upon you will never be consumed by the fires of life we go through. Whatever you had before you went through it, you had it when you went in it, and you still have it when you got out of it. So for everybody here who has been through the fire, if you have been to the furnace, I want you to know the dream that God gave you years ago, I don't care what hell you've been through, I don't care what devil has risen to try to kill your destiny, whatever God promised you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, four weeks ago, it is still on you today, and it will still come to pass tomorrow. You to tell your neighbor it's still on me. Now, not tell him like you mean to tell him it's still on me. If you've been through the fire, but the anointing is still on you, open up your mouth and give God a shout. Of Shake your neighbor, tell him it's still on me. The calling is still on me. your hands. If it's still on you, raise your hand. <laughs> the favor upon, I sense an anointing, the favor upon you is greater than the fire in front of you. His calling, his grace, his mantle, his favor, his promise, his anointing will not be damaged. Look, oh, everybody. Huh. Because you're not blessed. You're not blessed based on where you are. You are blessed based on who you are. A child of the living. Raise your hands. You're not defined by the fires you go through. You're defined by the fire inside of you. You were blessed before you went through it. You were blessed in the middle of it. And you will come out of it, you will still be blessed. You were anointed before the storm. You were anointed in the midst of the storm. And when the storm is over, you will still be anointed. Because what you carry from heaven is greater than what you go through in life. I'm only going to ask, 
If you've been through your fire, if you've been through your furnace, or you're going through one right now, if you've been through one or are going through one, raise one hand. If you've already been, if you've been through many, raise both hands. The turban, the cloaks, the mantle, everything God placed upon you is still on you. Now, I don't know if you understand what that means. Not one bit of it was damaged. Not you're not hearing that. Pastor Sam, but I have some emotional battle scars. I went through stuff. People betrayed me. I, people left me. I did this. I did that. I failed. No, no, no. I'm telling you that what God placed upon you has not been damaged. It is still on you. If that's you, raise one hand. Oh. They push you in. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Everybody stand with you are standing. Stand with me if you're not standing, I'm done. Here. You just, don't, look up here for a second, look up here. They, do you know how many times, I mean, they put him in with the authority. What you and I would deem as the anointing, the empowerment, the authorization to exercise power and authority. They, they never removed and they went in. They went in looking like royalty. They came out looking like royalty. Because when heaven starts it, as we well know, hell cannot stop it. Do you know how many times the devil prematurely, and I'm speaking to you, giving you an example, a metaphor, but do you, an analogy, do you know how many times the devil posted prematurely an Instagram picture on his account of you on the ground thinking you were never going to get up? Do you know how many times the devil tweeted about you? He's done. He's never coming back. Only to have to delete the tweet one hour later. Do you know how many times the devil went on Facebook Live declaring you were never going to come out of the furnace? Only to have to block you as a user and as a because he did not want to be associated with the fact that you got up. Do you know why you're still standing even though you've been to the fire? It's not because you're black, white, yellow, or brown. It's not because you're charismatic or automatic. It's not because you're Republican or Democrat. The reason you're still standing today is because the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of still standing I'm still standing I'm still standing matter of fact we're done look at your neighbor tell him it's still on me tell him I'm still wearing my turban I'm still carrying my mantle I'm still full of his purpose it's still on me it's still on me it's still on me The promises of God are still yes and amen, 2 Corinthians 1, 19, 20. The gifts and the calling are about repentance, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. What he began, he will finish, Philippians 1, 6. He who called you is faithful to finish, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. And I, I finish with this right now, right now, right now, I really, I promise. 
Right, right there as you stand. This is what God told me to tell you, so I'm going to give it to you. It says, in el versículo 30, 30 verse, and when they came out, nothing was nothing. But verse 30 says, after they came out, of it, in verse 27, verse 30 says, the king promoted them to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. In the, when your faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. Right. Are you ready for this? I'm going to tell you what God told me to tell you. The reason you've been through what you've been through. This is a prophetic word right now. Mark this down. Put it in your spirit, man. The reason why you've been through what you've been through. The reason why you've been through what you've been through. It's real simple. Just like the Hebrew boys. You're about to come out smelling like heaven. But not only that. The reason you're coming out where nothing that God placed upon you is damaged. The reason that you've been through what you It's real simple. Just like the Hebrew boys. Here it is. Because you are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. I'm going to say that one more time. You are about to occupy the very area hell has fought. You are about you are keep you out of if this is for you give God your best shout up whoa I sense the glory I'm going to say that one more time listen 3.30, Daniel 3.30. Yeah. In your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry, and your finances. Without exception, you are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. You've been through it carrying what he placed on you. You have that living faith. And now you're going to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. I want you to look at three people, high five them, and tell them, put a smile on your face. Because you're about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. You are about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. will occupy it. Your business will occupy it. Your church will occupy it. Your children and your children's children. Shut up. Raise your hands. Your children and your children's children. And your children's children's children. And your children's 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 children. Will occupy the area to keep you out of 
If you really believe that, give God the best praise you've given him this year. Center Bible Way, Bible-based, Spirit-empowered, faith-driven church. And I want to prophesy and declare this, even in the midst of the Babylonian noise around us in culture and society, I'm going to prophesy that we as a church, that we will occupy the very area hell has fought to keep us out of. And it won't happen in the next generation. It's going to happen now generation. How many believe that with me? How many believe that with me? Still on me. It's still on me. It's still We're done. We're done. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. You can't embrace what God has for you until you accept what God did for you. What you carry is greater than what you go through. When your faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. And, and... something kind of cray cray but just in a very nuanced respectful manner go like this to your neighbor go ahead and now tell them you smell like heaven you smell like heaven you smell like heaven tell them I don't know what you've been through but you still smell like heaven you still smell like destiny is all over you Because, because you can't smell like hell when you're full of heaven. You can't smell like defeat when you're full of victory. You can't smell like the world when you're full of the word. Raise your right hand. I'm done. I'm done. 
Repeat after me. I, I went through hell, but I still smell like heaven. I went through the fire, but I still smell like the glory. I went through the desert, but I still smell like the promised land. I smell like heaven in Jesus' name. Now give God your final praise offering in this place. It's still on me. 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 It's and by the time you get home. expedite the process because I don't want you to leave. We have something that does to do because y'all want you. But I'm real quick, I'm just going to do it because it, it, the, the verbiage, I'm very, I'm a Hebrew Greek kind of guy as it pertains to, you know, but the, the fact that, so it, it specifically says in the Hebrew phrase that they stepped out, they came out, they took a step, they physically trans, they, they went be, and they, so, and they, because they stepped, so here's what I want, today's the day you're doing, it's over. Today's the day you're coming out and if you've never, it's coming. So when I count the three, if, 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 you know, if this message is not for you, it's not like this is like mass hysteria. You have to participate. No, no. If this message is not for you, you still sit down and chill and yeah, peace. But if this message is for you, if you say, I've been through it, I, mean, I just got, you have no idea what you're, you talk. You crazy Latino, fast speaking, yelling man. God gave you a word and it was for me. When I count the three, I want you to step out of your seat and step into the best season of your life. Occupying the very one. Two, three, step out right now. Step out, step out, step in, step in, step in, step in. I still smell like heaven. I promise, I promise. After this, we're gonna let you, we got, I promise. I promise. I just gotta, real quick, Pastor, with, with great due deference, of course, I respect and honor you. If, if you give me permission, I just need to do, every senior pastor, in five seconds, come up there real quick, go. There's an anointing. 
I decree and declare and establish by the authority of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of his word, compelled and convicted by his spirit, that every single person associated with your ministry, everyone in covenant with you, all those who honor you, not only is your church and your ministry and your house, but everyone associated, including every single entrepreneurial business person, every single one of your members, adherents, parishioners, those that worship in the, in the sanctum, the sanctuary that God has placed in your hands, anyone under your influence from this moment on, at 902, we decree and declare and establish from this moment on, beginning today, ahora, that day after this, they will occupy the very area. You will occupy the very area. Hell has fought to keep you out of. I want you to raise your hands. This is not a year from now, 10 years from now. This is now, a now word. You will occupy the very area hell has fought. Some of you have been fighting that hell for years. And every time you got close that you really believed that you were about to acquire and step into, the pushback has been more than egregious. And you really believe that in your lifetime you would not see it. And you somehow created some sort of justificational narrative. You created a subchapter. You justified within your own mindset and said, well, maybe it's not for me, it's for the next generation. I want you to know that your generation will occupy it. That you will not die until you see God's promises fulfilled in your life. Raise your hands. Padre, in the name of Jesus de Nazareth, in the name of Jesus, we release and speak this word upon your children, upon your sons and daughters, every single pastor, minister, leader here, every entrepreneur, every business, every person here watching online, every single person watching this, every single person watching now, we decree and declare and establish and release yes. the fulfillment of this word yes. to the very letter, oh God. Every single person here who has been through the proverbial fire, yes. who has been to that metaphorical spiritual hell, we decree and declare in the name of Jesus, not only do we still smell like heaven, not only do we still carry the mantle, the purpose, the calling, the dream, and the destiny, and all the promises of God without exception, but this is the hour we will occupy the very area hell has fought to keep us out of. In the name of Jesus, I want everybody here to repeat after me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name as, for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will occupy, we will occupy without, exception. without exception. We will occupy, we will occupy the, very the very area hell has fought hell has to keep us out of. In the name of Jesus, every mantle, every word, promise that God has placed upon my life is still on me for the glory of Christ it will all come to pass in Jesus name now give God the best shout of praise
Everything physically, spiritually, relationally, financially. And by the time you get home, you're going to go from anxiety to abundance. From lack to overflow. You are about to become the greatest blessing to everyone who knows you. God's going to financially bless you in such a way you will be the greatest blessing to everyone who knows you. Did you get this word? So live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble life. By humility, I don't mean fake humility. Humility means blessed in abundance. It is blessed in abundance. It's Ephesians 3.20, Philippians 4.19. It's that kind of living, but in a place where you make those that follow you greater than yourself. That's biblical humility, not spiritual poverty or physical poverty, but biblical true humility. So holy, healed, healthy, happy, and humble. You wear everything God has placed upon you. It, when, the, when your faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. And that's what you are about to experience like never before in your life. I'm done. I want you to do something quick. Don't move. I didn't have time to talk to you about the relational dynamic of the Hebrew boys. Very little was ever spoken about the fact that at least one of the three should have and could have, statistically speaking, swayed away from the path of the norm. Meaning, at least one of them could have rebelled and said, I don't know about you, Shadrach and Meshach, but me and Bendigo, I'm going to bow down. I don't want to like this verse. And somehow they coalesced. The unity of that relationship was so strong that all three of them, see, your relationships have consequences. I don't have time for that, but I can speak to you for a while about the people that are around you. You are who surrounds you. So you need to be careful of who you permit to speak into your life and who you permit to have access to your dream and to your destiny. You want the kind of people that when they threaten to throw you in the furnace they're the kind of people that say, guess what? I'm going to stand right by you with your turban and your mantle and your cloak and your sandals because I know that what God has promised you will end up as an overflow that will end up blessing me. So whatever hell you go through, I'm going to be there with you. I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven.